0: Hey, this episode of Bass Freaks is brought to you by MXR Bass Innovations. MXR has been a leader in guitar effects for over 45 years. MXR Bass Innovations creates bass effects pedals from the ground up, each one specifically designed for bass players by bass players. Not repurposed guitar pedals, but their overdrive, fuzz, EQ pre-amp DI, octave, distortion, compressor, or chorus, these tried-and-true stomp boxes are designed by Dunlop's award-winning team of bassists and engineers. Go to JimDunlop.com and check out MXR Bass Innovations for your bass effects. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Dunlop Presents Bass Freaks. The Bass Freaks podcast is a place to gain some insight and inspiration as well as learn a little something about some truly amazing bass players. I'm your host, Josh Paul, and today's guest is Derek Bennett, an uber talented bassist, content creator, and online bass teacher. Derek's spent years doing sessions and touring with artists from every genre of music, including famed pedal steel master Robert Randolph but he's best known for his incredibly fluid playing as demonstrated on his Bass Nation online bass instructional videos. Derek is here today to share his experience and insight with us at Bass Freaks. And we are, uh, very, very grateful. So
1: you're good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, this season past season has been pretty crazy, but, um, yeah, I maintain it, man. Maintain it.
0: Right on. Well, it's nice to officially meet you. I've seen you, uh, on my either phone screen or uh, computer <laughs> screen, a million times, just right. like what in the hell did he just do? How did yeah. that? How does that happen? Yeah. And we're both uh, GK artists, right? You're a GK artist. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All cool. day. Yes, Very sir. cool. Right on, man. Yes, sir. So, uh, where and how did you
1: learn to play the bass? That's a great question. So it's a fully packed question. Um, First, I wasn't a musical musical kid in the beginning. Like, you know, a lot of kids are just kind of drawn to music and, you know, they either want to play drums like a lot of bass players come from drums, you know. So like my brother was a drummer, you know, my dad plays steel guitar. He plays regular guitar, keyboard, everything, He does everything. you know, I, I was just the kid that just, you know, it was whatever. You know, I grew up in church, you know, hearing and listening to music. And so I guess it was just embedded in me. Uh, and then once my father, <laughs> he said he wanted a bass player for the band that he was playing in or just either for a church band or for whatever. I was like nine or 10 years old. So he gave me about 100 bucks. Or, I can't even remember how much it was at that time back then. Um, sent me in a music store I I would say, a hundred buck, yeah. bucks at nine or ten, <laughs> it feels like a million bucks. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that absolutely. is a good Especially paycheck. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't seem that much only because I was spending it on a bass. <laughs> so it, was, right. it quickly left my hands. Uh, so went in the music store and he said, you know, grab anything that they'll give you for that amount of money. By myself, you know, mind you, I'm nine or ten years old. Uh, so, yeah, grabbed it then. And I would say just from there, I just picked it up and um i was this you know prodigy and that didn't happen i i never picked it up <laughs> it was like two two three years and then eventually i picked it up and i kind of fell in love with it but uh yeah um self-taught mostly um okay you know uh, i did go to performing arts schools and you know but You know how those things kind of go, you know, with the performing arts school. I didn't necessarily have a bass teacher. It was just I was playing a completely different instrument in in high school. And, you know, it was it was weird. It's a long story. What (laughs) would you play? Let's talk about it. I played baritone. Okay, Baritone. Oddly, uh, I played that in middle school. So I guess it just transferred there. I actually auditioned to play bass um, for the performing arts school that I went to, got in and didn't play bass until my junior year. So, uh, you know, got into jazz band, was able to play um, and did a lot of my study and then was exposed to a lot of artists and um, different types of music. And I started falling in love with horn players, you know, um, just different instruments to be able to express myself uh, differently on the bass. And I think one of the turning points really when I started to expand my knowledge and you know, just the horizon as far as what you can do on the bass is, is when the guitar player wasn't there for a jazz band, and I started playing all of his chords, on the on the sheet music on the charts. So I started experimenting to see if I could play the bass note along with the chords at the same time, and I said, "Man, this is uh this is actually pretty cool to to try to you know challenge yourself to do this." So you know that was kind of the start of that, and then you know just kind of picked up from there. But yeah, that was pretty much in a you know. Long story, long, <laughs> <Telling> <laughs> the way I got started.
0: That was that was the Reader's <laughs> Digest version. Yeah. <laughs> right. How right. did you and, uh, How did you find the plane? Uh,
1: uh, horn affected your bass plane. Um, it's interesting, man, because w- first when I heard horn, it was first trombone when I was hearing and I was like, man, these slides sound very similar to what I grew up hearing. And, and that's still guitar. You know, still guitar has no no frets. So it's, it's not like a, it's, it's more of a slide based instrument. So when I heard trombone, it was more of a slide based, you know, really, you know, uh, kind of gravitated towards that. And also just sax players and just the different lines that they would play that I would never hear any other instrument play. You know, and they will play these crazy, crazy, fast, intricate lines, you know, trumpet players. Um, you know, I study a lot of the Brecker Brothers, um, a lot of mm-hmm. that stuff, um, try to transcribe their solos. And I was like, man, why can't I hear that on bass? Now, mind you, I wasn't really exposed to a lot of bass players at all. So I think that's where a lot of my style came from, is that I wasn't exposed to a lot of bass players until way later uh into my playing so i got my inspiration from a lot of different instruments uh, also just keyboard organ when i grew up in um church just hearing actually that's lo- another story too because growing up in church there was no keyboard and there was no organ so i didn't hear that at first
0: okay. It is
1: is is weird <laughs> it's more but it's more of a, a guitar driven style of, of music um i'm sure like even you talked about robert randolph in the beginning right. that was the main instrument it wasn't keyboard Uh, It wasn't an organ. So later on, I started gravitating towards, you know, the way the organ, where the keyboard moves, the way they can play these different intricate lines, both hands. You know, and I said, it seems so challenging to me. And I was like, when we're playing bass, it's only one note at a time. So why can't we challenge ourselves a little bit more to be able to play some of these other crazier things? So that's when it kind of uh, clicked for me.
0: How did it, uh, um, what is the best way to put it? how did you move what you were hearing and watching over to your hands on the actual bass guitar? Like, like
1: what was the process? I, I, honestly, I'm in that process still. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In that process still it's, it's, it, that's why it's so fun. And that's why I get to do this. And, and, uh and I love what I do. And I've been doing it for a long time. And it's such a challenge to me. I'll, and I'll sit for hours trying to understand or transcribe something, even uh just chords to songs or, you know, anything like that. Like even keyboard sounds and tones. I wish I could um demonstrate because me just trying to tell you doesn't make sense. But uh yeah, just demonstrate Well you got a bass. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got like six back there. Mm-hmm. Um some of the the drops and the nuances that they do and some of the, you know, blocked chords and you know things like that was super interesting to me. And it, I just loved listening to it. So I was like, why, why not just try to play it? So I just tried to use my ear and the ability and the advantage that I had having a great ear, um, just, just to my advantage when I started playing. So it was just piece by piece, man. It was just more trial and error. Like, okay, does this work? Or, okay, does this work? And even now I'm you. like transcribing again some of the stuff that I did before and realizing it could be played in a different way. Um, whether it be the inversions of a, you know, and just kind of adding my own little flair to it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an ongoing process, man. Okay. It's, it's, it's super interesting to me. Somebody may think it's boring, but I, yeah. I, I love that. That's what well, I'm looking
0: for. One of the things that's awesome is that you weren't afraid to take the initiative to experiment and try things, which oh, absolutely. obviously helped you excel as, a, as
1: yeah. a musician, not only as a bassist. Did you study yeah. music theory on bass? Yeah, uh, I did. A lot of my own self-taught research was, uh, was studying theory, was more transcribing than anything. But at okay. the same time, you kind of wanted to know. I, I didn't want to feel lucky. I didn't want to feel like I was only using my ear. So, you know, I kind of forced myself to like, okay, what am I doing? Okay, I, I can do it, most of it. I can play a lot of things. You know, I was pretty skilled in what I could do, but not skilled in being able to, you know, convert it and be able to show somebody else or even just write it down or just theoretically like say, okay, this is what I'm doing. So I felt I was struggling a lot early in my playing. This is like my teens, um, in early years. Um, so I just didn't want to be like that. And I know a lot of other bass players were like that, that I met too might not be, you know, the thing <laughs> globally, uh, or the theme, but I just didn't want to be like that. I wanted to be able to understand what I was playing, be able to regurgitate, you know, back to somebody else, like, okay, this is what I'm doing right here, and it makes sense to me. Um, So yeah, I did a lot on my own, did a lot on my own. Um, I took lessons for about a couple of months, but we just learned songs, Okay, (laughs) that was it. It wasn't really theory-based, but um, you know, that definitely helped as well from a teacher here, Ralph Ortiz, Uh, actually, he was a staple here in the city that I lived in. Um, But yeah, uh, for Ralph Ortiz. Uh, Yeah, what city was that? Oh, we're uh, Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York. Okay. Yeah, Rochester. So yeah, I've been here for most of my life. Born in Connecticut, uh, but yeah, been here most of my life. But right yeah, studied uh, with him for a couple months. That was I, I can't even remember really. I was like twelve or thirteen, but um, but yeah, I w- really wasn't t- t- super serious. You know how your your parents kind of want you to take lessons, or you know, it was that kind of thing. So I just like my dad was like, okay go, you know, take lessons from this guy. It's like, okay, whatever. But yeah, um, now I'm I'm looking back and seeing how it kind of helped me. <laughs> but most <laughs> majority, majority of my studies were, were uh, was, you know, by myself. And, and I think that's why I have a different or unorthodox way of teaching because I kind of teach how I was, how I researched, you know okay. what I mean? I, I kind of yeah. teach through trial and error or my own experience and not necessarily just robotic f- fundamentals of uh, theory. You know? Right
0: on what inspired you to start teaching because by the way i'm a terrible terrible teacher terrible <laughs> teacher i mean come on man just do it come on yeah, you got right. this. Yeah.
1: like yeah, i'm I'm,
0: I'm just no good i'm <laughs> yeah,
1: and i can no, admit that <laughs> I, I i i get it man uh and it's and it's good that you can admit that and it's it's funny because i kind of fell into teaching you're just trying to find something to do you know i was a young mm-hmm. kid uh, getting out of high school getting out of yeah, getting out of high school or something like that, and I was teaching. You know, just private on you know on the side. Oh, that early, know, huh? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, super, That's super, super early. Um, yeah, super early. And I just was trying to, you know, gain a couple of bucks, trying to figure out, you know, what I could do. I knew what I was doing, uh, somewhat <laughs> that I thought of, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just started doing it privately, just online as like a little hobby thing, and didn't know if I was okay or a good teacher or what. Didn't I? Just didn't know. Um. And then I kind of got approached by some other people, like just through word of mouth, uh, just to teach at different places, um, okay. you know, different schools, like clinic things, and you know, different music stores that had lessons and things like that. So I started doing that for a while, and I just grew to like it. Like I just, I, I loved seeing that light bulb moment in the students' eyes, like oh, I get it, like, oh, okay. Now I, I, like, that is what I live for. So I, this this is like my my food every day Um, from what I do f- with my lessons. And it really wasn't intended to get this far. Like it was just, I was doing private lessons and it ended up being too much because I had too many students. So um, we just kind of developed this thing and uh, it kind of went from there and just skyrocketed, man. But yeah, that so was, that's the story.
0: It can't be that simple. Cause you went, you know, from teaching a couple <laughs> oh people, going to a few stores to, okay, <laughs> no. all right.
1: Cause you're all Absolutely over the place, not. man, so. Yeah, yeah, man, the, the story behind that is, it's just, it's crazy how it happened. Like you said, it's not simple, it's not a simple story. I'm kind of dumbing it down just for <laughs> the time being, but um, but yeah, I, I was approached by somebody that I was giving lessons to to say, hey, you know, you ever thought about, you know, creating some type of community to do lessons. I said, no, not really. Uh, You know, I'm not that kind of person, whatever. It's like, you know, just, he he started to persuade me. He's now one of my marketing directors, business partners for for lessons. Um, But yeah, it was just crazy. He ended up, and that was his purpose in the beginning. He really didn't even want lessons. He wanted to see, and let's build this business together. Um, But yeah, we ended up doing that and long process, man, just long process. And I, because I love to do it, that's what kind of get, Kept me going um but in the beginning by any means it was not easy mm-hmm. by, by no means at all um so long process man and eventually we we build this community and it started kind of blowing up and even before that i started trying to implement what i was doing and my playing and my style and you know posting it online like you know most most people everybody else i got in pretty early with the whole instagram when it came out you know with yeah. the 15 seconds when they started doing that mm-hmm. with the videos um and i did that just to kind of showcase like hey I, this is me if you want to learn from me you know i'll, I'll you know i get blessed i teach or whatever uh so it really wasn't even anything that big so i started just doing like different little covers and things like that and and uh not really talking not really teaching anything just just playing uh but yeah, it went from there and I just, I guess people liked that style a lot. I got a lot of viral videos and it just went crazy. Um, and I wasn't expecting it to. And so that notoriety that I got, I was not used to at all because I'm not even that kind of person, super introverted. I'm like in the videos, I didn't even show my face. Like it was just base, that yeah. was it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> even knew what I looked like. But um, eventually I just kind of grew into um, being able to say, hey, you know, people are getting something from this and, and, and let me, uh, let me post or let me do a little bit more, showcase a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, that that is a long journey. It's still you, going you do a on, great yeah, job. Much, you do. Yeah. Uh, props yeah. to you on
0: that. You do Thank a great, you, very, very What do you think makes a good teacher?
1: It's a bad question, man. Being <laughs> able to, being able to relay the message in a way that the student can understand, especially beginners, and I find myself. That's where my specialty is. I get that that beginner player to where they're just on the edge or on the line of understanding it. And I trying to push them over that edge, like, okay, this is actually actually what you're doing. Like I specialize in that. For some reason I have a lot of beginners that I, you know, have definitely impacted, a lot of, you know, advanced players too, but I think that right there, getting over that hump, um, because a lot of people say, Okay, I've been playing for years or something like that, and I've hit my plateau. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's like the, you know, motto of, of most people, most players, especially players that have been playing for years. Yeah. So I think being able to relay the message and relate to them at the same time. I have to go back to when I was first learning. Uh, even super, super far back, even though I had a great ear, I still have to understand from the other side or from the other end that this person is brand new or this person may not have a great ear or this person may not have you know, the ability, physical ability that you may have. You know, So being able to relate to the student I think is the m- most important thing to do and just being as detailed as possible uh, so that they understand. So I think that's, to me, you know, right. somebody may think I'm not a crazy, that, but to me, awesome. I think that's what makes them.
0: Yeah, so it's it's not like my approach, which is, bro, just do it, come on, or
1: Sis, let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you, so, yeah, uh, you gotta just kind of put a sheet of paper in front. Of, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You
0: got, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> you, simple. You, got, you got this. You got this. <laughs> what, would, <laughs> what would you say that
1: uh, Base Nation's uh, mission statement is? Yeah, uh, exactly what I was just saying. Okay. Um getting that player over the hump. I would say uh, getting over that plateau, getting them to understand the ability that they do have just through a fun way or easy way to teach. Not just, you know, like you're bogged down to this uh, desk and you just have to write all day and it's all just like you. There's a connotation when it comes to studying or, you know, being a music geek or nerd or whatever. And you just have to be boring practice all day, you know, just rudiments like. You know, you know, just it's it. I hate that about learning music, so I try to make it as easy or as relatable to them as possible. Um, so yeah, that's that's what the mission statement is. Uh, I think I work more based off experience versus anything else. You know, a lot of people try to teach without having the experience that I've seen before. Uh, Um, not trying to downplay anybody, but I think that really, really makes a difference. You know, when you've gone through it, when you've been, you know, people look at me now and they think I'm young, but I've been touring since I was 16. Oh, crazy! What was you, your first you tour? You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, oh, and yeah, and playing since I was 12. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, it's been a while. You know, yeah, I've been yeah, yeah. literally, literally all over the world, um, and and I still do travel. I mean, it's not as much as now, obviously, right now because of uh. Everything's going on, and on top of that, is just with the uh, with the academy, and just my time is spent a little bit different yeah. now. Uh, yeah. So I don't get to play out as much as I used to. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you have to be able to relate. You have to be able to go through the experience. You have to say like, okay, I've been here and I've done it. You know, who else better to learn from than a person that has gone through Same what you're going experiences. Right, right on.
0: How did uh, how did Base
1: Nation survive through the pandemic? That's an interesting question. And I've I've got this question before, and I think a lot of people's view is to say that, oh man, everybody kind of struggled through this pandemic or it wasn't the case. (laughs) It was like the opposite. Because think about it, everybody's at home. Yeah. Everybody has more time. Right. Um, You know, let me figure out something to do or another side hobby because I can't go anywhere. Um, but yes, so we're online based, so that makes it even better. So it actually kind of, uh, you know, excelled a little bit, uh, through the pandemic or during the pandemic, you know, thankfully, thank God that it was that it went that way and not the other way, because even I had a segment with, uh, doing this, talking to other bass players, seeing how they, it affected them, the touring bass player, that's completely different. So if I was on that side of the spectrum, exactly, (laughs) you know, on that side of the spectrum, like, okay. Uh, I got a whole gig or tour lined up for a couple months boom no you don't yeah. cut off Gone. done you have where is that income that you thought you were getting where is that going to come from so I had a lot of discussions with different bass players to see how they were coping through because um, I, I can only imagine you know, I can only imagine. This is a crazy time. So just trying to figure out, and I and I found a lot of people who kind of you know resorting to giving online lessons. Yeah, you know, <laughs> during yeah. this time, so it's, it's super ironic. But but uh, but yeah, tough time, man, for for other people. But as far as Base Nation, you know, we were okay. <laughs> I should awesome. Say that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we were okay. Uh, let's go back a little bit. So, um, what was your first tour?
1: Who? Who was it with first tour? My first you said you were seventeen, actually, right? Yeah, I think I was sixteen. I might have been sixteen okay. or, yeah, probably sixteen or seventeen, and I should say I'm thinking of tour when I say tour, I think overseas that's that's tour that's tour to me I, and okay. I've done tours before even earlier in that age in the states here, um and we were on the west coast in Portland, something like that, uh yeah, I did my like first little tour there. Uh, it wasn't super long maybe two weeks okay you know and who was it, who is it one, with it was with the uh the lee boys actually it's a steel guitar band group and oh, cool. um never i think i was just a fill in at the time it was my first one um yeah it was my first tour the next one uh, i think i was about the same age and the next one was switzerland we did a tour there um and a couple other cities and countries over there. I, I really can't remember. It's been so many, like, if people ask me, like, have you been out of the country or have you traveled or toured? Yeah. It's so many places that I've been to. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, I really can't even remember. Right. But, yeah, one of them was Switzerland. I think we did Norway in the same run. Um, But, yeah, it was super early and I got exposed to a lot of that teen Like we were going heavy, like every day gigging, you know, every single day. But yeah, that was my first one. That was my first one. It was super interesting. Um, Cutting teeth. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's funny because everybody talks about, you know, the tour life and, you know, (laughs) and it's like super glamorous and all that, which it it has its perks. It has its perks. I'm not going to lie. Like I've seen some things that I probably thought I would never see in my life and seen some super beautiful places. Um, But as far as the back end of it. Like, I was just telling somebody, I don't even know who I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking to. I was telling somebody, I went to Paris four or five times before I saw the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. You uh, already know how that Yeah, goes. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, like a hotel, gig, right. room. Airport, Hop- bus. Airport, <laughs> yep. exactly. Yep. So I was there so many times, you would think like, yeah, like you've been to Paris, oh yeah, you have had to see the Eiffel Tower, right? Didn't see it. Didn't see it. Never saw it. You just, you don't get a chance to do that. It's very little time. Three, 4 a.m. lobby calls, you know, stuff like that. But you get the idea. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you miss playing live. I do. I do. I do. I think, I think I, I get like it's like some superpower comes to me when I end up playing live. I just, I love, I love the element, you know, of, of playing live. I don't necessarily care for the tour life that's just not me but i do love playing live so i have that kind of you know it's, it's like that contradiction is weird because when i get asked to tour it's like mm, i want to play but i don't want to yeah you yeah. know i would like to do like hey you got one date here or two days here like that's just me you know <laughs> right. uh, and you know uh you have a family I at can, home yes yes and at, at the same time it's like you don't want to be away you know, earlier on your kid, you know, you don't really care. Like, I yeah. want to just be out and really have any responsibilities or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, like now it's just, you know, I can do maybe one or two dates here, or, you know, come right back and I still play live. Now, mind you, I, I do, um, actually have a gig next week in Minnesota, oh, nice. but, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I love that part of it. And I think that's the thing with me. I love teaching and I love the opposite side of playing live as well. You know, um, it's, it's something about it. It's not a, it's a different feeling. You know what I mean? 100%. you be able to test yourself and test your knowledge. You know, that's the, that's the real one. That, that is the real experience to be able to test what you've learned right. in a live gig or just playing in front of people and not just in your basement practicing, you know, by yourself. And I think that's where you, you're, you're able to implement. And even, you know, in a lot of the lessons and sessions that we have, I'm showing different live Feeds and videos and sessions that I've done and kind of breaking them down that way because it's different when you get into the field, you know, versus oh, absolutely, yeah. Or even when you're recording at a studio or something like that, that red light comes on. Your recording is completely different than just practicing by yourself. So I think it's super interesting to be able to have both elements, uh, depending on what you want to do. Yeah, but there's yeah.
0: so many different energies. You, you yeah. know, in different elements that are involved, but uh, the energy of, yeah. of, of live shows for me is one of my favorite oh God. things. It's not time. like it, man. You get yeah. the rock
1: out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with a band, that's great. You know. Yeah. So, what's uh? What's your yeah. favorite mu- music to play? To play, my favorite music to play is like a s- semi jazz fusion funk type of you know, blend. Um, and then on top of that gospel, I, obviously uh, a lot of people just kind of know me for know me for doing a lot of gospel stuff. Um, I, I mean, I grew up in it. I can't really yeah. get away from it. Right. So, but uh, outside of that, when I was, you know, a backslider listening to other music that I wasn't supposed to listen to, I guess. <laughs> I was listening to that stuff um, back then, studying it, playing it, you know, all of all the major funk stuff. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. just hardcore funk. But I, I study a lot of jazz. I'm 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 a jazz head. I, I love studying Miles, you know, Charlie Parker, that kind of that kind of stuff, um, transcribing those bebop lines and things like that. I, I mean, just have a super crazy array of music because of how I grew up. My dad listened to everything. He played in a country band oh, cool. uh, playing still guitar. Right. You know? um, so we had a super crazy dynamic of musically how we grew up in church. And it was like super hardcore rock bluesy type of, you know, style that I that we play in church. And then it was, you know, listening to country uh, and listening to Bobby Seymour playing steel guitar, you know, that type of stuff. And, you know, it was just so many different elements of music that I was exposed to. So I don't necessarily have one, you know, one style. Is there anything in particular that challenges you playing wise? Yeah, it's that it's that. Darn transcribing, man, of, of these <laughs> sax players. <laughs> you know, I did a transcription, a co train, you know, the giant steps. Oh, wow. And everybody okay. wants me to do it. Like, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, I, can't, I can't, man. You know how difficult that solo is? It just blows um, my mind. Yeah, it's just, you know, trying to transcribe that. And I think not only just memorizing or being able to play back a solo like that would be the important thing. I really think the important thing is getting the elements from the solo that you can implement inside of your own playing and not just being a, you know, clone, you know. So I got a lot of stuff just from transcribing, even if I don't remember verbatim what those solos are, I think. That was the most challenging thing to me is just sitting there trying to transcribe things in real time, not using any slowdown software, not, you know, using the YouTube, you know, speed, speed up or slow slowdown uh, playback button. Um, trying to transcribe things in real time, really challenging my ear um, and and putting it to the test. And I think that's the most challenging for me when I tried to transcribe a lot of the Brecker Brothers stuff. <laughs> um um. And John Coltrane, his stuff. Uh, Who's another fast player? A lot of keyboard players too. I, I mean, I transcribe everything. I, whatever I liked, I, I just tried to transcribe. You yeah. have to have a lot of uh, patience for that, I imagine, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of time.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not only patience. You just got to have a lot of downtime yeah, like yeah. that. I I wouldn't even be able to do that right now. I'm just glad I was able to do that earlier on. Um, because I just I I just that time, man, it's. I, I could sit there and just kind of zone out and play my bass. And I can do that if I wanted to, but that's not the smartest thing for me to do right now. Um, but yeah, like when you had time and I always take, tell people to take advantage. And that's one of the questions that I get, like, how long should I practice? I get this question all the time. It's like there's no set length of time is like if you have time, practice. <laughs> like, if you got the time, like take advantage sure. of the time. Like I Why tell not? you that all the time. Yeah. You know, just take yeah. take advantage of it. If you could sque- if you got to squeeze it in every once in a while because your schedule is so busy. OK, yeah. I get that. But if you have time. Use it.
0: Use it. Yeah. What bass players uh, inspired you in the early days? Here Anybody in
1: particular that you were just like, "Oh my gosh"? Here we go. So the the million dollar question I get asked too a lot that I that I don't know how to answer um, only because of how I told you I grew up. I didn't really listen to a lot of the bass right. players, right. So it's hard for me to kind of say. Um, Style-wise, well, who's my you mentioned later or, on in life is when you started listening yeah, to some bass yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, right? Later so, on, I started listening to a lot of bass players. I got exposed to one, um, or got exposed to some. Um, but one of my favorite bass players and most versatile, I believe, to me and, and, and fits more with my style is Oteil Burbridge. He's amazing. Um, he is absolutely amazing. Doesn't get enough recognition, I believe. Um, and he, he's just—he's just—he's a genius as far as his ability to. Just be free and express itself on his instrument, not even just solo or improv, but he can funk the hell out of a song. Like, he, I mean, he is a bass player. You yeah. know, people just see like the solo stuff and think that's the only thing he does. Like, no, he's super well rounded yeah. as far as a bass player, man. And I really appreciate that. Uh, I was exposed to Victor Wooten at a young age. Um, uh, who's another one? I'm sorry, my. Dog is sitting here snoring. I don't know if you can hear him, but no.
0: But I think that's very cool
1: and cute. So it's good. It's good. <laughs> right. He does that through, like when I'm recording and stuff. Like oh. I just have to stop and like, can you guys, can you guys hear that? Like he's <laughs> super loud. It's funny. Um, but no. Who's another bass player? Uh, obviously Jaco was was a huge, huge inspiration to me, and that style of, it, it, the so the thing is, I was so inspired by a lot of these basses because. I didn't hear that when I grew up like I'm like okay these guys are doing some crazy stuff so I tried to always implement it or mix it in with what I was doing like as far as gospel stuff at the time when I was mm-hmm. playing in church or you know depending on what it was when I first heard Victor Wooten I said it was a CD it was like I said this has to be four people playing at the same time like he has to have overdubbed his stuff. like yeah. that's just what I was thinking yeah then I saw him play live I'm like he's doing all of this stuff I was super young like 13, 12. I'm like, dude, this thing. So I'm, I was lucky to be exposed to that early. And I knew the capability of doing that. Like I knew the capability of playing bass. I was like, wow. Okay. So then later on down the line, I was like, you know, 18, 19, got exposed to more bass players. Uh, some more other gospel bass players in the community. When I started social media, um, you know, Maurice Fitzgerald, you know, gospel based Fred Hammond, like the gospel guys, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah uh one of my good friends justin raines you know tim williams like i'm thinking of all the gospel guys uh bubby and i was introduced to all that whole realm uh hadrian Farrell which i've gotten to know pretty well now um and he's one of the craziest bass players alive uh and super cool guy <laughs> <laughs> i trying to think but yeah those just a few um daryl freeman um It was just a few guys. I'm trying to think. I always leave out so many guys. (laughs) I know when I think about it, I start saying more off. Um, But yeah, man, it's just it's it's so many bass players that I love their different styles. Andrew Goucher, you know Joe Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh God, oh God. Any any
0: real young cats that you you really enjoy
1: listening to I hate listening to young guys because I'm I just get jealous <laughs> <laughs> like, like those like it's so crazy now like I get so upset like you know but you know I'm just joking but seriously <laughs> like I they're crazy to listen to because they're super sponges to soak up and I'm yeah. like I wish I knew that or could do that you know now or when I was that age but yeah definitely some younger guys there's a young guy Matt Ramsey um I don't think he gets enough recognition as well. But he is an absolute monster on the base. Um uh little kid, um Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him. He, yeah. He's gonna he's a like he, people I, say he's gonna be a problem, but he is a problem right yeah. now. <laughs> like, I was like, how does that <laughs> he's got so... Yeah, like it's scary. Re- reincarnated from some other. It's I don't know so what it is. But. It's so it's so scary, man, to see him play in that age, like nine, ten. Like I wasn't even thinking about playing no. bass. You know what I mean? Like not not even to that magnitude. Like right. He, he he really feels it. You know, it's a difference when you're just playing, and but he actually is just feeling what he's like. I I can't get I get amazed all the time, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, there's so many young guys. Um, and I, I sound like an older guy. I'm really, really not. But <laughs> so many young guys out How here. How old are you? Um, Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Yeah. You... Yeah. Baby. So uh, there's so many, so many young guys out here, man. I can't think of uh And I just like sometimes just look on Instagram. Sometimes I don't, I don't even know their name, but I know if I go on Instagram, I'll, I'll see them. Yeah. Um. Oh God, I I ha- hate this because I, I'm always forgetting people, and I want to be able to give them their due.
0: Well, if you remember. Um,
1: just hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, uh,
0: how do you see? Yeah, I'll at, think of them. How do you see is the influence of uh, gospel bass in pop and R and B music now? Ooh,
1: all over the place, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would say most of the gospel players, man, they play that. Yeah, they're playing it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like they're playing that stuff. <laughs> you know, so you have the same musicians playing some of the same exact music or even being producers of the music that actually started in the gospel arena. So it's like, hmm, you know, where can you go from here? Even Adam Blackstone, like he right. I'm sure he has some type of gospel background. I'm sure. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, these super producers like or, or super bass players. um, I know a ton that are just playing for different art. Like a lot of people that I've interviewed and and talked to before, like even Sheree Reed. How could I forget Sheree? He's another one. (laughs) Another bass player. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, one of my good friends and greatest influences. But uh, he's another one. He played for Aretha Franklin. uh, uh, R. Kelly. You know what I mean? Like, so you have the gospel guys playing in these, you know, R&B and pop stuff. Um, Nowadays, one of the, Groups for I can't remember their name, but the whole entire group I knew personally and they I knew all of them came from gospel. Right. So it's just it's just amazing uh to to me to see and I love the influence because it just gives a little bit more flavor, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit more flavor. Feel flavor. flavor. Love it. Absolutely. Love all flavor. right.
0: Give me the uh three most important tools
1: every working basis needs. Ooh. Wow, that's that's a huge question. It's a broad question. Um every working basis needs punctuality. Important. Not even not even thinking of the playing side or you know, uh, you know, or physically, like literally just be on time. Like just as a working bass player, working musician, <clears throat> generally keep your word, just be punctual like, you know, just
0: be Reliable. a man of your
1: word or yeah. woman of your word. Um I would say three tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication, communication. I know a lot of, uh, stories where a lot of gigs, you know, the guys have been either like, Oh, I can't take the gig anymore and not say anything. You know what I mean? they just yeah. not show like, so, you, you know, communicate with the artist to communicate with whoever you need to your band director or whatever. Um, I would say, uh, So I'm going, I'm going super broad here just because I'm I'm thinking of the worker working basis, but um, on top of that, I I might be able to narrow it down in the micro a little bit, but um, listen, be a good listener when you're, when you're playing with a band. Listen to what's going on. I know you got your own part and you want to, you know, you want to destroy and, you know, you want to play and you want to kill and be a beast at the show. But listen to what's going on when you're rehearsing with the band. Listen, you know, that's that's what's really going to set you apart. You know, know your baseline, but understand what's going on around you. You know what I mean? I think that's really um, one of the things that I've, I've benefited with and excelled with because I always hear and I can tell you everybody's part. You know, whoever I'm playing with, I know their part. So just listen to what's going on around you in the band if you're playing with one. All, th- all three of those things are uh, life skills. Absolutely. <laughs> as well. Absolutely. So if you can do
0: it in life, you can
1: do Hands it in work down. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Good and advice. I, I, we relate it to I, I talk and, you know, the same way Victor Wooten talks as far as music being a language. I mean, I, that is so super true. And and a lot of things, you know, in, in reality can be, you know, coincide with music, yeah. you know, the same way, you know, practicing, you know, <laughs> um, just 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 everything. Like you said, it's life lessons, you know, communication, (laughs) honesty, (laughs) you know, it's like talking about, uh, talking about a relationship show here. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, it's the same thing, man. Same thing. What, uh, what gear do you use and why? Um, a lot of the gear that I use, I have no idea why, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no, we were talking earlier as far as GK products and I use them, um, Galen Kruger, not only for the sound, and I love the natural tone that you can get out of it, it's nothing really doctored. You can't, it's, it's just super clear, right. you know, and clean. And I think I most times have everything flat when I do play. Um, so that's one of the most, the things that I most liked about Galen Krueger. Not saying anybody else is, is terrible, because I know people go straight there like, oh, you don't like some. Anyway, <laughs> I, I do, being, on, being an influencer, you get a lot of that. But <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so no and then on top of that it's the it's the people. It's they have a great relationship great with Forrest. people. Um yeah, or hey, you Bob, know, you're, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. Bob, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um they're just good people. <clears throat> Excuse me, just good people and I love that uh, representing a company with good people. Um as far as other gear Um, base wise um, I play just would play just about anything but right now I play Elric because I used to I just used to play whatever it didn't really matter to me don't really put too much emphasis on what I do play uh, only because if you can play you can play if you if you know what I mean if you understand what I mean Um, and I think a lot of people get hung up on the the titles and the brands and stuff like that it's just whatever you like if you like it you know go for it Um, other than that I mean, I, I mean, I have so much gear. <laughs> I don't know specifically what I don't know. All right, um, you're going on. Okay, let's let's break it down a little bit. You're going
0: on a gig, live gig, tomorrow night. Okay. It's uh, a okay. neo soul jazz gig. Okay. What do you, it's? Okay. 150
1: cap. What are you taking? Okay. Taking that bass right there. That's okay. leaning up. That you see. That literally most people see me play all the time. All right. Well, that, this
0: is audio only, so the listeners won't see it. So tell me what it is. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: So that, that base particularly is what everybody sees in all of the videos, most likely recently. And that's from a uh, Rob Elric. He's out of Chicago. This Elric bass is just a clean jazz bass. Like uh, I don't like bells and whistles too much. Like give me something that's just going to give me a great tone. That feels great. That sounds great. Boom. That's really all I need. Three band EQ. I'm an active guy. Um, other than that yeah it's just a four four string uh Elric bass um before that I was playing um, MTD I played everything I mean before that I played Ken Smith before that I played Ibanez before that I played Squires you know what I mean like I've I play, played everything um I have uh Yamaha over here um I have another Elric bass over here like so it's it's just what feels good man you know very cool what, what feels good to me very cool all right
0: uh
1: you you talk, about, um, you
0: talk a lot actually about being clean and precise in your videos. Why do you okay. think that's so important?
1: Yeah, I thought you were saying I talk a lot. What should I do? <laughs> Just, <laughs> generally. <laughs> Just generally, yeah. How I do you I like Sorry. that, man? <laughs> that's the, that's no, that's the that's the teacher in me, man. I can't <clears throat> I can't shut up sometimes. No, that's all good though. But uh, what was the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> why do you think? Well, you talk a lot. Clean, clear, you talk and a lot, but yeah, being plain, clear, and
1: uh, precise, uh, and why it's uh, important. Yeah, no, clean, clear, and precise, man. That's uh, I hate a sloppy bass player. Hate is a strong word, but you get what. Well, I Okay,
0: mean. well. I uh, how would you describe a sloppy bass player? Because I think, bass I think it's, I think it's
1: maybe a little different for everyone, and I'm just coming from. Yeah, it from can a be. I mean, the, the meaning yeah. can definitely be different for yeah. for people. But I mean, it's just it's super generic. Like if I can't hear the notes that are coming out or that you're playing, that's a little sloppy to me. You know, if you're trying to play too fast and your fingers can go, that's mm-hmm. sloppy to me. And you can tell you can hear that. And my ear is just so sensitive. Yeah. You know, I I hear that. I'm I'm thinking, like, to myself, we're bass players. We're playing one note at a time. Come on, get it together. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so slow it down if you have to. You don't have to impress anybody um, as far as with speed, with anything. Um, Take it slow. It's so funny. I literally do say this at the end of every single lesson or almost every single video that I do or a tutorial or whatever. Make sure your notes are coming out clean, clear, and precise because it's just so... If nobody can hear what you're playing, what's the point? You know, you have to be... To me, just a clean player. Even if you're just exp- expressing yourself in a certain way um, that may seem style-wise different, I still would love it to be clean. You know, yeah, I, I want right. you to be able to hear every single note that I'm playing. How can I teach and be sloppy and oh, you can't hear the notes that I'm playing? <clears throat> you know, so or just just messy in general. So I, I you know, when I listen to bass players, I want to be able to mimic exactly what you did. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I just yeah. I wanted to be able to be audible. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't think that's asking much. You know, but it's <laughs> uh, it's it, it's super uncommon a lot of the time because a lot of people play above and beyond or try to play beyond their means. Uh, it's like you're trying to get to this level where you're not there yet. Take it another notch down, build yourself back up, start slow. It's fine to be able to start there. Most players are you know the speed isn't everything anyway and i think that's most of the problem where i hear it come from um so that's that's where the model of i don't even know why i started that i just i said it at when i in the beginning when i started recording and doing lessons and stuff like that. i said it at the end i said it again at the next one i said it again <laughs> i it didn't stuck. mean to yeah it's was, it was crazy yeah, yeah yeah so it just it kind of became a thing and right um yeah, and, and I just kind of live by that when I'm playing, too. Even when I'm putting up a video or anything, I just, I want it to be clean, clear, you know. Yeah, precise, I get it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, just a couple more things. So, um, yeah, sure. last minute
1: advice for listeners out there? Advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on who you are or where you are in your playing or if you are a player or if you're ex- aspiring to be one, um, just... Know that it takes time. Just don't rush the process. Enjoy the process while you're going along. Uh, and that goes back piggybacking off of what we're talking about as far as life choices or life, you know, situations that we're talking about that will help you. Um, even just slow down enjoy life enjoy the process same exact thing when you're trying to learn a different instrument or bass don't beat yourself up I see a lot of people doing that Um, a lot of students a lot of first-time players um, even later on players they'll talk down about themselves because they can't play this certain thing um, or the certain way And and I just I try to say you know you're already defeating yourself. Like you're fighting and punching yourself in the face and you're never going to get to another level. If you keep thinking that, you know, oh, I'm never, I'm just, I suck and I'm just not going to. No, you can't, you can't do that. Just enjoy playing, enjoy the process. Um, That's generally what I can say to anybody in any stage um, because I know how difficult it can be. Um, You know, and challenging it could be. At that stage of trying to learn, but just don't forget of why you want to learn the instrument so absolutely that's pretty much it.
0: Good advice, man,
1: yeah. <laughs> where can people find Thanks.
0: you people want to check out and maybe do some lessons or go to yeah your people site? can
1: find me everywhere anywhere on the internet <laughs>
0: Have, uh, <Derek's laughs> oh, just open your class. phone i'm right there actually <laughs> <laughs> right just,
1: just open it up i've seen somebody say that so many times like no i just opened up my you were just there wasn't even following me or anything it was funny um but yeah anywhere on the internet um Derek's bass lessons at most places and most platforms um on tiktok nowadays you got to get with the times. Oh, don't.
0: Oh, uh, wait a second. Are you doing a little dance and stuff? What are
1: you doing? I am absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You would not want to see me do that. Um, you wouldn't see, you wouldn't want to see, no, just doing the regular stuff. But okay. you know, you have to be able to, you know, adapt to all the platforms. I, I, I didn't get it at, you know, in the beginning, but you know, a lot of people are using it, but anyway, on right. their Instagram, uh, Twitter, I believe, um, facebook Derek's bass lessons everywhere Derek bennett.com uh if you want to join the bass nation academy um you know it's a free trial there you know check it out if this is something or if it's something for you you know I'd be more than happy to have you um more than welcome uh but uh yeah that's basically everywhere you can find me that's that's pretty much it very cool, pretty self-explanatory. search my name that's it <laughs> <laughs> well
0: we appreciate you getting on bass freaks here taking the time and uh sharing your wealth of knowledge and uh experience Thank you for listening into the Bass Freaks podcast. Stay healthy, spread love, spread joy, kindness, good vibes, and inspiration. And remember, you got this. Follow your path, whatever it may be, and just play. Until next time, cheers. And a huge thank you to Dunlop for making the show possible. Make sure you check out Bass Freaks wherever you get your podcasts.